0: Hi and welcome to Infectious Diseases Hub. I'm Martha, the editor, and today I'm joined by Heba Shaban and David Westfall.
1: So my name is Heba Shaban and I'm a senior at the Macaulay Honors Hunter College. Uh, I'm pursuing a bachelor's degree in biochemical sciences and anthropology and I've been working in Dr. Christopher Mason's lab for about two years now. Yeah, and
2: I'm David so I'm a third-year medical student at Weill Cornell
0: Medicine. Both of whom are project leaders for a collective research effort called the Microbe Directory, which we'll hopefully be learning a little bit more about today.
1: Hello, my
0: oh, oh, hi, David. How are you today? In many metagenomic analyses, this? an environmental sample is processed for the DNA it contains and the microbes present in the sample are reported. However, many such analyses stop at this stage. The Microbe Directory allows this research to be taken a step further and we're about to learn a little bit more about what it comprises.
1: So the microbe directory is basically an inventory that profiles around 7,500 unique microbial species. It's a large aggregation of data on various microbiological characteristics, such as optimal pH, optimal temperature, gram stain, and so on. And our project is basically a database that can be used downstream of large-scale metagenomic analyses, but it can also be used by an individual who wishes to learn more about a particular microbe. And the reason we started this project, it started when our principal investigator, Dr. Christopher Mason, would discover, you know, hundreds or thousands of bacterial species from the different projects that he'd work on, and he was always just frustrated because he'd end up searching for a particular microbe for hours, learn more about it. So he decided that there should be a better, faster way to learn more about, you know, a particular set of microbes, and that's when the project really started.
0: Great. What makes this database sort of different from existing projects such as Wiki and similar things?
2: Yeah, so I mean, MicrobeWiki is a great resource. It's better if you are looking up, like, one particular bacterium, Mm. because it's all basically rich text and it's very qualitative. The Microbe Directory differs in that, again, we're a quantitative resource. So if I had a sample, say, three or four hundred bacteria, I couldn't use MicrobeWiki to compute like optimal pH of that sample or cluster on any of the other parameters. Okay.
0: Seven thousand six hundred sixty-seven microbes is no small number, and Heather and David told me a bit more about who they recruited to put together the project and how it was done. It's got seven upward of seven thousand microbes in it, right? Yeah. That must have been a lot of work. (laughs) Seven thousand six hundred
1: sixty-seven, to be exact. Yeah. So basically, we decided that we really needed a large workforce to work on it. So we recruited students from other institutions. We decided to recruit students to partake in this project because we kind of wanted to make science more equitable
2: Mm -hmm. um, and
1: accessible. You know, we have many bright and young scientists that can really make significant contributions to science if given the chance. And, you know, such a large project requires, you know, such a large workforce and it provides a great opportunity. For young scientists to showcase their skills independently. And what we basically did is we held training sessions at Wild Cornell. We had tutorials for them and guidelines to follow you know, about how they should curate the internet for these specific parameters. And so they just did independently for a total of 20 weeks until the database
0: was complete. So how many students approximately took part, do you know? Uh, 47 students. Oh, okay, great. Quite a lot of microbes per student.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so we divided it into only 10 species per week, so it doesn't get too overwhelming. Sure. So each student had to curate for around four to five hours and send their entries back to us. And for the first couple of weeks, we heavily monitored their entries to make sure there were no significant errors. And then afterwards, they were just randomly checked.
0: With the emphasis very much on community interaction, there are several ways that you could get involved with the microbe directory, not just viewing it online, but also contributing. And David explains a little bit more about these.
2: So probably the easiest way to use it is to our web interface, and that's at www.microbe.directory. So that kind of provides an interface somewhat similar to say microbe where you get online, you can search for a bacterium pull up information Also to our website, though, you can get onto our GitHub page, where we host basically different versions of the database. We have JSON version, Excel versions, and then a SQLite version. So those are the versions that are really going to be useful for bioinformaticians to use.
0: The microbe directory may be used downstream of metagenomic taxonomic analyses by collecting data on various microbe characteristics, which allows one to link simple taxonomic classifications to much more interesting parameters. So, why do you think it's important to be able to summarize characteristics such as biofilm formation and antimicrobial resistance?
2: So it's, it's really just additional data points for researchers. So, let's say you swab your mouth or saliva and you get a list of microbial species. That It's great to have that list, but that doesn't really tell you that much about the species. Mm. If you were able to get additional data points, so they're all non-biofilm forming, they're all susceptible to antibiotics, and then they outgrow near an optimal pH of 7, which I think could provide a lot of different insights into what you're studying. Again, it's additional data, and I, I think the whole point is it really could drive like, new ways to, to carry your research.
0: Why were the characteristics that are on the database chosen?
2: We actually started with a, a more like qualitative, free-form text input, but the problem with that, we found, is that it was really hard to standardize
0: Yeah, of course. Um,
2: the difference students would basically all do kind of something slightly different and <laughs> it was really hard to make meaningful predictions based off of that. Mm. So by keeping the database simple to parameters that are easily quantifiable, for instance, does it form a biofilm, does it not, a binary on off parameter, it basically made it a lot easier to standardize and collect.
0: So who do you envisage this being useful to and do you have any examples of projects that are using the directory? or
1: Yeah, so we kind of envision the microbe directory as being a widely used platform for uh, metagenomic analysis or any researcher, you know, that discovers a novel species that they've been working on and they wish to catalog along with a reference to their work or their publication. And we hope that, you know, with individual contribution to the site, it's going to refine our understanding of the microbial communities. And uh, in terms of examples, it's actually being used in two uh, projects currently. One is MediSub, and uh, the other is Stuck on You. And they've both been projects that have been going on in our lab for a while. So, Stuck on You is basically a longitudinal project, and it's held at the JP Morgan Conference in San Francisco in January every year. And it has attendees from all over the world. So basically, our team of scientists swab and sequence in these phones to try and learn more, you know, about the activities, habits, and even travel histories of the people that are represented by these microscopic genetic traces left on their phones. Yeah. And so what the microbe directory does is, after the samples have been sequenced, it, it's used to profile the microbial community on individual phones. And we do this every year at the J. P. Morgan conference to see how these communities change over time. And if you go to mm-hmm. the Stuck on News, that you can actually see taxonomic breakdown of the uh, individual samples, and they're anonymous, so
0: you can you know check that out if you'd like. Yeah, definitely. That sounds fascinating. I'd hate to think what was on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> we get that Probably all the
2: time. Probably better not to know sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, finally, do you have any future plans for improving the directory or expanding it further?
2: So I had mentioned earlier, one of the things we really wanted to do with this directory was make it a community project. Yeah. So if you go onto our web interface, you can actually submit edits to the values for any of the microbes. And so basically what happens is the edits you submit, you, you will do a citation and we have sort of an administrative view wherever we can review the changes and either merge them into the database or reject them with reasons. Alternatively, we also have that GitHub page. So if you wanted to make a more substantial structural change, the database, we have the means to do that through that. And then kind of finally, we also have a Bitbucket page that hosts the actual source code for our website. Mm. So basically anyone who's interested could come on and contribute and really make some substantial changes.
0: Okay, great. So it's all about people just getting involved and contributing and sort of using it in their own way.
2: Exactly. I mean, the, these microbial communities are way too big for you know, <laughs> any small group of people to do. We yeah. really need a community to step in and help out.
0: Thank you for listening to this ID Hub Talks podcast from Infectious Disease Hub. You can find more podcasts as well as news, interviews and opinion pieces at www.idhub.com.